0: This is The Drive with Josh Graham Podcast. Tune into The Drive 3 until 6 p.m. weekdays on the Sports Hub. I love it.
1: It's brilliant. From the West End in Uptown Charlotte, it's day two of ACC kickoff. And things are going to get crazy fast. In 15 minutes, the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, Manny Diaz, will be here. Once upon a time, he was on Coach Chuck Amato's staff at NC State. So we'll talk to him about the Hurricanes and maybe get some Amato and Phillip Rivers stories. Ten minutes after that, it will be Mack Brown, the new head coach at North Carolina, dropping by Bryce Hall from Virginia who might be the highest draft pick in next year's draft from the ACC. He will be joining us, too. However and wherever you are listening, we appreciate that. And speaking of Mac Brown, often at events like this, we start thinking about prominence. And when there are so many people we have access to and so little time for us to squeeze these guests into time slots here on the Sports Hub, we start think, We start prioritizing things, and it was crazy to think last week when we were putting together a list of guests for you to hear today, that beyond Dabo Sweeney of Clemson, who won the national title for a second time in four years, that Mac Brown is easily the second biggest star in the ACC, the second most prominent name in this conference is a coach who has been out of the game for five years and a coach who is new in the league at a program that isn't a traditional football power. It's not really even close either. If we can accept that Dabo Sweeney is the biggest name this conference has to offer, who would be in that discussion with Mack Brown? Desmond Johnson's back in our Kernersville studio. Your thoughts welcome on Twitter at Sports Hub Dryad on Twitter. Beyond Mac Brown, is it David Cutcliffe from Duke with his background with the Mannings and Daniel Jones being drafted in the top 10? Could it be possibly Manny Diaz since he had one of the top defenses in college football last year at Miami and just being the head coach of the U carries a certain type of weight? Mac Brown. Being this prominent of a figure already for the ACC, coming in after not being in the lead for decades, not being in college fall for years, it doesn't help the interception. Fair or not, the ACC, they don't get the same love the SEC will when Florida Tech and Miami are having down years. The traditional programs need to be respect you feel like you deserve. And with them being down last year, the nation wasn't ready to jump on board the Eric Dungy, Dino Babers, and Syracuse bandwagon to get behind Virginia and what Bronco Mendenhall has built. Again, I don't think that's completely fair because I thought those were two very good programs, both in the top five. Syracuse finishing 15th in the nation in the final AP poll. So it's not completely fair, but that's what we do. Maybe not in the SEC as much. Remember, when Kentucky had success under Coach Stoops last year, everybody was applauding how great Kentucky was. They weren't making fun of the SEC when down traditional programs like LSU was struggling. No, no, no. They were saying how great Kentucky was and how great of a story it was. We didn't see the same stories with Syracuse. We didn't see that with Virginia. I don't know if we'd see it with North Carolina, even with Mac Brown back. So is it because Kentucky's that much better than Virginia and better than Syracuse? Probably not. But when people talk about SEC bias, that's what they go through. Speaking of SEC bias, that's one of the squares in our ACC kickoff bingo card. And, Dez, I've got news. Dez. Yo. We've got a bingo. What? That's a bingo. All right. Get the bell ready. Right. I'll tell you the five that we have across. Okay. Starting with the FBI. <coughs> Thanks to Luke DeCott, the assist from the, the News and Observers, fine columnist, asking John Swafford about that yesterday at the commissioner's forum. Footprint. His go-to expression. We knew it was coming. And he ran up the score with that yesterday. (laughs) Return of the Mac. We haven't had Mac Brown on the show. But believe me, I've heard that a few times today. It's just an easy thing to do. It's low-hanging fruit. Like talking about the Lion King or the 50th anniversary of the Moonwalk. The 50th anniversary, by the way, will be Saturday. How about Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Scratching that one off since they were in the college football playoff last year. Duke has to face both Alabama and Notre uh, Notre Dame on their schedule this year. Two teams that were in the playoff. Fortunately, they don't have Clemson. Dabo to Alabama made the cut. And that gave us the bingo. Five for five on our ACC kickoff bingo card. So we're almost through our days here in Charlotte. Thanks to everybody who's made it possible. The, the SIDs, the folks back in Kernersville, and, and lining up all the great guests that we visited with. But what do you think has been the highlight of what we've done so far?
2: I'm undefeated at noon, my man.
1: Wow. Do we have the T-shirts being made? Is that is that in motion already?
3: I don't know, but I was going to talk to you about that. We were going to get together, get some T-shirts made, make a little okay. money. What, yeah. What's
1: the logo we're putting on the T-shirt with this letter, with these letters?
2: I'm undefeated at noon, my <laughs> man.
1: Undefeated at noon, my man. Maybe just like a uh, like a facial shot of uh, Coach Dave Dorn. Just, just Dave <laughs> just, Dorn. Just is head. he smiling, though? Because uh, you rarely ever see... Dave Doran's uh, flashing his smile. No, I'd either want him clapping or, or like in some kind ah. of screaming motion because usually that's what intense, he's doing. Intense intense yeah. Dave Doran or maybe like his hands up in the air and edited in the shot is a red solo cup in his hand.
3: <laughs> I'm undefeated
0: at noon, my man.
1: <laughs> David Glenn was really excited about the idea of T-shirts. His show starts at noon, so DG likes the idea that, like Dave Doran, the David Glenn Show here on the Sports Hub also is undefeated at noon.
2: I like that. That sounds good.
1: What do you think, Dave Doran? (laughs) I'm undefeated at noon, my man. (laughs) I I get it. It was sassy, Dave Doran. And he also said that if there aren't any pass-outs at Carter-Finley Stadium as a result, of the new beer legislation being passed, being allowed to sell alcohol at games, that um, he would chug a beer of sorts. And he's not a light beer guy. Dave Doran loves the IPAs, we've learned. so Oh, wow. We're, we're talking about IPAs potentially being chugged on the sideline. If Dave Doran, if NC State fans stay in their seats and don't leave to go to the parking lot in uniformity. That's something that could actually happen. That was according to a Raleigh radio host I who spoke to, with Doran
0: yesterday.
3: I, I think that's a pretty good bet that could go down. I didn't even realize, you know, over the last two years, Doran's won 18 games and he's gone 11-5 and five in the ACC. He might be one of, him and Dave Pawson might be the two most underappreciated coaches in the entire conference.
1: It's just crazy to think, going back to Mac Brown, him being probably the second biggest star in the league right now, the ACC was the best league in college football three years ago. I don't think there was any question about it. SEC fans would be upset to hear that, but think about just what the 2017 season was. Make it the 2016 season that Clemson won its first national title under Dabo. You had North Carolina coming off a 15-1, or make it, excuse me, 11-1 season. Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, who was soon to become the number two pick in the NFL draft Virginia Tech won the Coastal in Justin Fuente's first year Clemson won the national title, Miami had Mark Rick and Miami fans the very next year thought that the U was back for real Georgia Tech continued to win at a high clip with Paul Johnson and you had Lamar bleeping Jackson in the league winning the Heisman Trophy that was just a few years ago Now look at the league. I'm not saying it's incredibly down. I'm just saying that it's completely different, and it's happened in just a few years. Florida State no longer having Jimbo Fisher. Mark Rick not being around. Paul Johnson, as mentioned. No more Frank Beamer, albeit I still have faith in Justin Fuente. It's just completely different, and it hasn't helped the national perception of things. And it's all happened in a very quick period of time. Like I said, there are a lot of things happening here at ACC Kickoff. It's going to be Mark Rick and Manny Diaz joining us in moments. The Drive is not being broadcast today in the law offices of Timothy B. Wellborn Studios. You can learn more at timwellborn.com and the ways that they can help you. You'll know when you need us. Get ready. Get your popcorn ready as T.O. used to say, Both Miami coach Manny Diaz and North Carolina head coach Mack Brown will join the show next on The Drive.
0: You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now we're being
1: joined by the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes, Manny Diaz. Kind enough to be here. And there's a number of things I want to talk to you about with your program, but I actually want to start with your time in the state of North Carolina, on Chuck Amato's staff, Philip Rivers was the quarterback of yeah. that team. What was your first impression of Philip Rivers when you first met him?
3: So, Philip came in as a mid-year enrollee, I mean, basically the exact same time that we got hired uh, at NC State, so we all really almost came in at the same time, and uh, I remember that first spring practice, and it didn't take long to realize that Philip was going to be our guy, that we are going to go with a true freshman quarterback, which... Today doesn't sound quite so crazy in the era of Trevor Lawrencefield, but back then putting giving the, the, the reins to a true freshman was almost unheard of. Um, but Phillip it just he just had that maturity about him and, and had a great freshman year and we had some magical nights even that year at at, at Carter Finley and um, and it was fun to watch Philip mature and watch Philip grow all four years as as competitive of a guy as I've ever been around and I'll tell you a quick funny Philip River story. So it's after his career is up at NC State. And he's a lot of guys now go away to train for the draft. And Philip was such a great guy. Philip just stayed and trained in Raleigh with our strength staff. So it was March Madness time. Okay, so we had a racquetball court in our, and there still is in the facility at NC State. So we decided to have a March Madness staff racquetball tournament. So we make up a bracket, and we're in the strength, we're in the strength coach's office in the weight room, and Philip walks in, and Philip goes, uh, he goes, hey, what are you guys talking about right here? And we got this like 16 person racquetball bracket. We're like, oh, this is our racquetball March Madness bracket. And Philip looks at it and he goes, he goes, where am I? We're like Philip, like the draft is like in four weeks. Like you're not playing freaking racquetball with a bunch of us, right? <laughs> and uh, Philip's like, no way, man. He's like, put me on, put me on the on the bracket. We're like Philip, you're not playing. He's like, slamming the table. He's like, I'm on the bracket. So I'm like, okay, Philip. So we like took some GA off and put Philip Rivers on. Lo and behold, we end up in the final four, and it's me and Philip Rivers playing Uh-oh. in the semifinal. And all I'm thinking is, I'm gonna hit a racquetball and hit Philip in the eye. And end his NFL career. You know what I mean? Like this would be like literally the worst thing that could ever happen. So, as you can imagine, it didn't happen. But that was that was definitely my fear going in.
1: What's the best Chuck Amato story you can think of? Giving you're talked about as somebody who has a lot of energy. Chuck Amato the same way it seems like.
3: He, he, yeah, Chuck. Chuck had a ton of energy and, and and still does to this day. And you know his love for NC State and and his passion to to take that place somewhere it hadn't been was special and. Um, you know, I think of the matchup the, the year we had in '02 when we won 11 games, um, you know, beating Clemson on the, on the Thursday night and, you know, wearing the infamous white glasses, which, every, <laughs> you know, what people don't understand about Chuck is Chuck was doing those things because he was highly, highly superstitious. Everybody thought it was like out of some like fashion sense, like he wanted to wear sunglasses at night. We had been playing, we, we were 8-0, oh, I think. We'd, we had been playing all of our games during the day and he had been wearing his sunglasses. Well, we go play Thursday night at Clemson he was not going to play a game without the sunglasses on. Oh. It was not a fashion statement. It was just because he was so superstitious, he couldn't play without him. And that's, that's where ultimately it was born.
1: How superstitious are you?
3: My superstition, I've got a great one. My superstition is that I want my team to play really, really, really hard. <laughs> and when we do, we normally win. And when we don't, it sometimes goes sideways. So... I, I, I've actually become probably less superstitious as has going on in coaching, probably because all your super when they, you finally lose, right? You're like, hey, I always wear these socks. Oh, damn, I lost. So, like, you run out of like lucky things, right? So you begin to realize, you know what? Why don't I just focus on getting the guys to play as hard as they can play?
1: Where is the turnover chain right now?
3: Right now, it is an underground layer in the Everglades, guarded by python snakes. Okay. Okay, and that's where we keep it in the off season.
1: Okay. Who has access to it?
3: There's a, a old man with a cane and a long white beard that uh, sits out front of the layer that can talk to the snakes and lets people in
1: so so i can tell you're really good at this here media thing that (laughs) we do uh manny diaz with us miami head coach we're going to chat with mac brown in a second another guy who's very good at this media thing he's had experience in it the last five years 20 years ago you were somebody who would probably go to an event like this um as a production assistant in television what's it like now is it uh, i'd imagine a little surreal being here at acc kickoff and you're the subject and on top of it you're the head coach of the miami bleeping hurricanes
3: it's completely surreal and and even though that time in my life you know before i got into coaching and when i was at espn you know as you get older that time becomes a smaller fraction of your life but when you're young you're still very you know impressionable so a lot of my instincts, a lot of things I think about, I still think about from those, that time when I was at ESPN and when I sort of got my start coming up through the journalism route. And uh, I think that's always helped me have a, a good relationship with our media because I understand their job, I understand what they're trying to do, and because I was trying to be that, that, that guy at one point in my life.
1: Well, Manny, we wish you the best of luck. I know you got a lot to do today. Thank you for spending some time in Greensboro, Winston-Salem today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's Manny Diaz, head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. You're not going to stop him completely. We just have to contain him.
0: You're on the drive with Josh Graham. The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920.
1: Duke head football coach David Cutcliffe hanging out with us at ACC kickoff. Perhaps a visit from Mac Brown in a little bit from North Carolina. Gosh, just so much going on here in Charlotte. You enjoying your time? Yeah,
2: I, I think, you know, we're all getting a little bit behind, pulled here, pulled there. Uh, <laughs> But, man, I I saw an open seat. Josh, I'm here, man. Let's go, right? Yeah,
1: you're our closer. You know, you're the guy we go to out of the bullpen, and you can throw heat like Trevor Hoffman. I,
2: I can do it now. You put me on the mound. I'm, I was normally a starter, but I never, ever hated the fact if you had to close, you're on that mound when you win. That's pretty sweet, right?
1: Yeah, it is. and. I was. I'm I'm ready for football to start, so I started. I I subscribed to ESPN Plus, and a show I've been binging is The Detail
2: with Peyton Manning. Isn't it good? And
1: there isn't the coach that makes more appearances. Here comes
2: my my friend, Mac Brown's coming by. Well, we'll see if
1: we can get you both together. That would be a neat thing, as we uh, can get both David Cutcliffe and Mac Brown together. We'll figure it out. But in the Detail program, Peyton Manning references you time and time again when it comes to. You can't put the ball on the ground under any circumstances, any of that. Have you seen this show?
2: Oh, yes. He would send me the raw copies uh, before and just say anything you see, anything you don't like. So you talking about enjoy it. I would get the uncut version <laughs> and look at it, critique it a little bit, and send it back. But anybody that – I'm not trying to sell – subscriptions to ESPN plus. If you haven't seen those and you like football, you're missing it. Would you not agree I, with it, that It's
1: excellent stuff if you're it a big football is fan. Awesome. And you're somebody who's known for your quarterback expertise. So facing Alabama in game one, it's Tua Tunga Viola and this is somebody people are projecting to be the top quarterback on the board next year. And examining what Alabama brings and specifically thirteen, what makes him so special?
2: He, uh he has a really quiet lower body meaning he does not it does not take much for him to get the ball out a quarterback the mechanism of, of not just where you're going or or how things are happening it's when and why he does that as well I've studied him a lot he's very difficult to defend because that he can make a decision in an instant and get the ball halfway there before you know what hits you. It reminds me of Dan Marino in that regard. Obviously, he's a lefty, but he is so accurate, so gifted. Uh, his balance is phenomenal, and that's one of the reasons he's been so consistent throwing the football.
1: We hear... When you're drafted to play for the New York Giants, it's a different kind of pressure with that media scene. Sure. And you coached Eli Manning, who was drafted into that and won Super Bowls in that. Now it's Daniel Jones who was drafted in the top ten. And with the whirlwind that comes with being picked by that team and that city in the top ten of the draft, what advice have you had for Daniel for how he should handle himself? Well,
2: the first thing I told him when the noise started, and it started quickly, yeah. I said, Daniel, that is so awesome. He looked at me. I said, you're getting, before everybody else has got a honeymoon, you're getting reality. Welcome to pro sports. You're going to be able to train your mentality right now to understand that it's not going to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And I said, the thing that you focus on, if you're, if you're making athletics a career as a coach, certainly as a professional athlete, you, you worry about your work, not what other people think about your work. You dive in. Have you ever heard Tom Brady act like he's worried about what people think about his work or I don't Dave think Manning so. Or And so, if you're going to be successful, you're going to be criticized. How much has Eli been criticized? He's won two Super Bowls, two MVPs for Super Bowls. It doesn't matter. And I just I went through and then I said, oh, the other part with you, Daniel, is that. You got the gift of all gifts. You got a teacher like Eli. Man, he already has a good relationship with Eli. He's been with Eli when Eli comes to our place to work and brings his receivers. So Daniel even has some familiarity with some of their players. So uh, I said, listen to everything he says, well, work like he works, and then compete to beat him. And I would tell Eli the same thing: compete to beat it, to beat to beat him. You'll be better for it.
1: Duke head coach David Cutcliffe is with us your current quarterback is Quentin Harris who we saw really slice and dice a big 12 defense last year in Baylor and did a really nice job in Daniel Jones's absence in September what makes his skill set unique versus other quarterbacks you coached
2: got a great release he's he's a lot like what I was describing and his release is so quick and so effortless um He's, he's going to get better and better and better with playing time. He's brilliant. Uh, he's a baseball player. He's got great vision. He does a great job, which a lot of quarterbacks struggle with, going downfield and reading back tight. Uh, he does a great job of reading deep coverage and working his way back down. So he's, he's, he's going to be an aggressive
1: quarterback, which I like. Last thing for you. I'm not sure if you know this, Coach. But Saturday marks the 50-year anniversary of the moon landing with Neil Armstrong. I wonder, do you have any memories of when it happened?
2: I was 15 years old uh, in in our little den in a small house, a very small TV. My dad was born in 1915. We're watching this happen on TV, black and white, sketchy. And it frightened me because my dad said, we shouldn't be doing this. God did not intend for men to be on the moon. We will pay for this at some point. And as a 15-year-old, it disturbed me a little bit. I lost my dad not long after that, unfortunately, uh, the very next uh, year. But I'll never forget that comment because I was just in awe and fired up, you know, as a young person, and that was his immediate reaction. I wonder if other people out there had parents born in a similar time, if their parents might have had that same reaction.
1: Wow, there's that, there's conspiracy theories that people have about the moon. Yeah, that
2: we, we weren't there, that it was filmed in <laughs> studio, and I think um, that would have been the best kept secret of all time if that yeah. were the case, yeah. but uh, yeah, very vivid, and, and I remember the bounce. You know, the, uh, I remember it live, vividly remember it
1: live. So it's pretty cool. Coach, I can't wait to catch up with you when the season gets closer. Thank you for being a closer and coming in and getting the outs we needed.
2: Got gotcha you done, man. Got Take the, care. That's
1: David Cutcliffe. You're listening to the Sports Hub live from
0: Charlotte. Let's begin. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You're on the drive with Josh Graham, the Sports Hub, at AM 600, AM 920.
1: Usual with live radio, baby. Crazy things happen and mess up the schedule a little bit. We were just talking with David Cutcliffe, who pinch hit for us, Manny Diaz from Miami, and now racing in here is Mac Brown, the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels, on in Greensboro, Winston Salem. It's purely a car wash at ESPN. That's a that's a different expression. Today it's a lot different. So I wonder. How does your time at ESPN, Mac, change your perspective on events like this?
4: Uh, it, it makes me come in and have a lot more fun. <laughs> i got so many friends here, and i, I got people that uh, uh, I've been doing the same thing you've been doing for the last five years at Media Day, and I used to laugh and say, you know what, nobody's going to say anything here and here anyway. Well, we had a good summer, and you guys are working hard, and we got good leadership. we got a lot of question marks <laughs> somewhere. And I used to laugh at, at coaches about what they say. And I was thinking yesterday as I was coming down, I was talking to my grandkids and said, uh, what, what do you think should be different? They said, let's do charades. Let, let's go down and have charades when they ask you a question. I thought that would be pretty cool. We can try that. But um, so many coaches are miserable. And they're worried about getting fired. And they're worried about losing. And they're worried about the kids getting in trouble. And the truth is, I'm going to have fun. I've already done my worrying, and they're worried about some media guy that's after them. And you're not after anybody. You're trying to do a job. And and I was able to see that for five years. Just trying to be interesting,
1: thinking about being the liaison to the audience. I mean, we could go into your quarterback situation, but quite frankly, I don't think you really know all the answers at this present moment. We don't. So instead, David Cutcliffe's here, and he's talking about the moon landing 50 years ago. 50 years ago Saturday, and what his father told him when he was 15 years old about it. You remember the moon landing 50 years ago?
4: No. Yeah?
1: Well, neither no. do I. Honestly, I, I, I would have been very young.
4: Yeah, I was fighting something. <laughs> I don't know what I was fighting, but I, I had another fight other than the moon.
1: So I remember when you were at um, your opening press conference, something that sticks with me is that you you want to make North Carolina your home base, and recruiting, that's the big thing this this state. In your mind, what do you view to be the biggest competition – where where you have national programs coming in and getting these kids, is it the in-state schools or the ones on the outside that's your biggest competition?
4: Well, all of the in-state schools, including us, need to really work to keep all the kids in-state. Sure. And if we can do that, then we can have our competition between each other, and it's fine because they end up playing and we'll all get enough of them. What we can't continue to do is let the top players go out of state we've got to make football important enough in the state that they want to stay
1: does it bother you when they leave
4: yes if, if they're a fit sometimes it looks like they should stay and, and maybe they're academically they, they can't come to your place maybe they're not good character uh, but by and large if, if he's a, a great young man with great grades uh, obviously it really bothers you that he leaves You you think kids would rather stay around their parents and around their high school coaches and their friends and and you need to be the cool place to be so these kids will want to stay and and
1: let everybody that's important in their lives see them play we're going to talk to virginia corner um chris hall in just a bit one of the finer players in the league it's just funny to me and you were at espn so i'm sure you might get this when miami virginia tech and florida state are down and it's syracuse virginia having nice years Everyone's taking shots at the league, saying, ah, well, the ACC is just not what it used to be. And then when the SEC has some of its top programs down, and Kentucky, say, have a great year, it's all about, oh, wow, look at Kentucky, what they're doing. What do you make of the national perception of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and how these other teams have risen up, including some of the programs that don't have storied football pedigree?
4: Yeah, I've never felt like the ACC's gotten the respect that it deserved, and including when I was in the media. And you look at Clemson now, it should have. And you look at the ACC in general, how many national championships this league won this year, it's important to, uh, to note that. But football has never gotten the credit, and I think partially because basketball is so big, and Virginia won the national championship also, when you start looking at it. But to me, it, it should be a real plus uh, when we were here before, basketball was a huge plus for us, and it's going to be a huge plus again. And you can be really good in both sports. It's it's been proven across the country, and it, and we proved it when we were here
1: before. Last thing for you: what's the ratio between players saying, "Oh, Mac Brown from television" versus Mac Brown, Hall of Fame, national champion, winning football coach?
4: That's a good question. I, I really can't answer it. I will say that both helped. Uh, I think TV was first because when uh, uh, the first that came out is people recognized Joan TV and I was in their homes, <laughs> so they all love that. And then after I was inducted into the Hall of Fame after I took the job, That was pretty cool to them, too, because they'd be in my office. They'd see the Hall of Fame ring. They'd see the stuff. And so I think both have been a really good combination and really good timing for me. Well,
1: we look forward to seeing you September 13th in the triad. You're on in Greensboro, Winston-Salem. Coach, congratulations on getting the job once again. And have some fun before the start of the year. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. That is Mack Brown, head coach of the North Carolina
0: Tar Heels whenever you are. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. Now, the Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920.
1: ACC Commissioner John Swafford had a couple interesting things to say on the show a little bit earlier on. We'll get WREL award-winning sports anchor Jeff Gravelly's reaction to that from Rowling in about 15 minutes. We called up with Matt Hasselbeck though yesterday, former NFL quarterback with the Seahawks and the Colts, now with ESPN. Of course, from Sunday NFL Countdown. He's going to be working Thursday Night Football for ESPN with our good friend Adam Amin. There was a lot of uh, there were a lot of Hasselbecks running around yesterday. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. The only thing better than one Hasselbeck is two Hasselbecks, and Tim Hasselbeck is going to be a big part of the ACC Network on the lead broadcast team for the network when it launches on August the 22nd. He will be paired with Dave O'Brien, who you might know as the voice of the Boston Red Sox for Nesson. So a lot of ACC Network news over the last two days here at ACC kickoff, Uptown Charlotte in the Westin. But we talked college ball and we talked a little bit of NFL and what's going on with the Carolina Panthers, specifically Gerald McCoy and Cam Newton with Matt Hasselbeck, and here's how that conversation sounded. Being joined now by Matt Hasselbeck from ESPN. Before we get to college football, because we're at ACC kickoff, the Carolina Panthers getting set to start training camp, and when you talk about a team that was 6-2 and two with a healthy Cam Newton, and then has the losing streak after the fact when he goes down... Just how essential do you think that shoulder is in the entire landscape of the NFC South?
5: Yeah, well, Cam had really been playing good football, and then I think it was before the Monday, I think the Monday night football game was his last last game until they put him on the shelf. He just, he was missing throws that you know that he would normally make. And so having had shoulder injuries and that kind of thing, it's, uh you got to get that, that, you know, you got to get it right. And so it sounds like they learned from last year's surgery and, He'll be ready to go, um, you know, in a better way than he was to start this year. But I like this team. I really love Christian McCaffrey. I've loved him since he was at Stanford. I think that uh, their running game and their their passing game, running it through the running back, it's really dangerous. Really, you know, in in that division, it's a tough division. But I think Carolina has has a legitimate chance to compete for it this year
1: bolstering the pass rush drafting florida states brian burns bringing in bruce Irvin and and also bringing in big old gerald mccoy does that view the uh the way you see the panthers differently in terms of how they might be able to contend in the
5: south well i think the thing about carolina is they have a blueprint they know what they want to be because they've had so uh, they've had so much success in the past like Ron Rivera knows what kind of defense he wants to run. I remember playing against them when it was Sean McDermott as the coordinator and Ron Rivera as the head coach. You got a little bit of both. You got, like, at times you'd get that Ron Rivera, hey, we're just going to get home with four guys and play solid on the back end. But at other times, maybe a third down, you're going to get that Sean McDermott crazy blitzers are coming from everywhere. So I think they've kind of, they understand how to do both of those things and they understand what kind of players they want and they went out and got them and so i i just i think that defense is going to be more sound and if the offense is a little bit more consistent i think you'll see more complimentary football you'll see them i think the secret about carolina that no one really talks about on a national level they have always been such an amazing running team which really has helped them have such a great defense. When the running game's not working, then the defense seems to struggle. And so, I think they—I think they have it figured out at least a plan. Now, does everyone stay healthy? That's a big part. Is Cam Newton important? He's super important. But they've also invested in the just-in-case situation with a backup quarterback this year. And so, um, but I think the defense will be the storyline because. Uh, of what you said getting home with four guys uh, allows the back seven to do their do their thing
1: it's no secret that Ron Rivera is going to be coordinating this defense going back to your playing days whether it was the Bears or San Diego what do you remember about going up against his defenses I think he's
5: going to be more what he was with the Chicago Bears I think he's going to be more in that that Brian Urlacher Lance Briggs um, hey it's all about the four guys up front and we're going to let our linebackers Run. We're going to let them play ball. We're going to let them be instinctive. We're going to let them be the playmakers. Um, kind of that junior Seau, Luke Keekley mentality. I mentioned Lance Briggs. Like, you, you see the ball, go get the ball, make a play. And he's got a special, special linebacker in Luke Keekley. And so, um, you know, I just all the teams I've ever played against in the NFL, the teams that you feared the most were the teams that knew how to get a pass rush with just four guys. They didn't have to create it with a gimmick blitz or something like that. So if they can pull that off with guys like Bruce Irvin and their new draft pick, uh, I think they've got I think they got the rest of the pieces to be a great zone defense type of type of defense.
1: Since we're at ACC kickoff though, what ACC storyline fascinates you most going into the season?
5: Well, you know, there's, there's a few. There's a few. I think, uh, you know, being a guy from Boston, Anthony Brown, a three-year starter, they've obviously got a Heisman tr- Trophy candidate running back in A.J. Dillon. Um, if he stays healthy, I think B.C. could be a team that takes the next step. I think Syracuse is a dangerous team. You know, they had Clemson on the ropes. Really, I think the question is this. Who can knock off Clemson? Can anyone upset Clemson? In the NFL, you see it all the time. The Patriots lose to the Dolphins. Um, you know, the, the the Rams show up in Chicago and look like they don't know how to play offense. But yet, they're the best one of the best offenses in the game. In college football, you don't have an opportunity to just lay an egg on a, on a given Saturday, like or Thursday night for that matter. You you need to show up every time, and it's football. I mean, it's, it's not a Game 7 series. And so the challenge will be, can, it, can anybody um, upset Clemson this year? Because that would be, you know, that would shock the world.
1: Catch Matt Hasselbeck Thursday nights. Adam Amin, yourself, going to be doing Thursday night games on ESPN. Yeah. We saw you last year on Thursday night. Tim Hasselbeck and Matt Hasselbeck on the call for Wake Forest NC State this today your brother getting big news today announcing that he's going to be a part of the ACC network how fulfilling is it to, to work with your brother in the way that you have the last few
5: years yeah it's really really fun I, and i can't tell if i loved calling college football thursday night games or if i loved working with my brother i think it was probably a little bit of both <laughs> But but also coming in and being on campus and talking to these coaches, talking to these players, it's a lot of fun. And the atmosphere in a college stadium is special. And I think there's there's an electricity and a momentum right now for the ACC network. I think this is a conference, obviously, Clemson's leading the way. But I think, uh, I know Tim will do a great job. He's working. He's got a great uh, a rising star and Katie George as a sideline reporter. Dave O'Brien is the voice of the Red Sox where I live. He's a stud. And so um, it's an all-star team. I'm looking forward to working with Adam Amin. He's a blast. A really funny guy. Molly McGrath, another Boston College girl, uh, as our sideline reporter. You know, I think that's probably the thing that I would say. Going from playing quarterback in the NFL to working at ESPN, it's all about the team that you're working with. doesn't matter if you're throwing spirals and touchdowns or you're talking about other people doing it. It's the team. And so I'm excited about the team that I have, and, and uh, I got to meet his team, and, and he's got a great one as well.
1: Wake Forest and North Carolina fans, Friday, September the 13th, the first time you'll see Matt. It'll be BB&T Field in Winston-Salem. We'll see you then, Matt. All right, thank you. That's Matt Hasselbeck.